Hey, hey, hey. We are back with another episode of Moms Not Alone. Um, this is your girl, Tiana White. Hello, I'm Rennell Smith. Hey. And I'm Rennell Smith. <laughs> and we have a special yes. guest with us today, um, my cousin. So um, can you tell us, everyone, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, my name is Rennell Smith. Sorry for jumping in there ahead of time, trying to get the format here. But um, I am 46 years old. I've been married to my husband, Tony. I'm going to say around 13 years. It's been, it's been yeah, 13 years in May. Uh, we have one daughter who is nine, and we currently serve in ministry in the Upper Darby area in Pennsylvania. We um, are passionate about marriages thriving, relationships being healthy. So we do lend our time to that. And we're currently leading during the pandemic a um, very awesome thriving cell group on Zoom on Sundays. So a lot of our time has just been giving regarding ministry anyway, been given over to um, the virtual you know, way of doing ministry as many have been moving to. In addition to those things, um, I do work full-time. I'm a government employee, but I recently launched a business, which I call my passion project, and maybe we'll have time to talk later about that. So I am a business owner, an entrepreneur, and um, a person that just really, to put it simply, just cares about people. And so um, I think that just kind of comes across in a few different ways. Okay. And All then- right. Okay, I'm sorry here. Uh, since Ronell want to throw out ages and stuff. Oh, and I'll DB we're going. I'm 50 years old. Um, I have two grown children. I have two grandchildren. Um, I'm one of the uh, pastors at my church where I belong, Mount Hermon uh, Baptist Church. Um, I also, I, I now am an entrepreneur. Um, I started my own business. It's Faith Fashion Forward uh, with Dory. So um, I have, um, I counsel, I mentor um, through the word of God. And if you need a fashion stylist, whatever the case may be, <laughs> all in one. And I'm even starting to dabble now into a little interior decorating since me and Jesus decorated this office. And a lot of people just seem to be like, woo. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, uh, we're doing something else here. We just roll with this. Um, uh, but I have, like right now, I have a passion to um, reach the lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a heart like Jesus when God said he would not that none would perish, but all come mm-hmm. to repentance. So I believe that wherever, you know what I mean, wherever we find ourselves in, we are just to share the love of Jesus to impact those that are um, around us. So that's just a little background um, about me. Nice. A little background about me. Um, my name is Tiana White, if some don't, don't know. Um, I am, I'm thinking about my age. I am 24. I just turned 24 on February 20th. <laughs> Um, I have a daughter. She's one years old. Her name is Imala Brooks. Um, my, I'm a Cabrini alumni. Um, Cabrini, I graduated from Cabrini College in 2019. Um, mm. Right now, I do work for the federal government. Um, I work for the IRS. Um, <laughs> um, and my goal in life is to inspire, uplift, empower, and um, moms, women, 
just everybody throughout through my creativity if it's poetry if it's creating films um mm-hmm. a lot of things i like to do i just my life my goal i think in life and my purpose in life is to inspire um others okay um so when was the first time that you became a mom and how was it so who's the question for i'm sorry um you right now oh for me okay i became a mother (laughs) (laughs) um Ronell, here we go. So I became a mother at the age of 36. I was a later bloomer. And um, it was a very, it was a very sweet experience. I can honestly say that for many years, I wanted to become a mom. So, you know, in your mind, you have these ideals about what that's going to look like, you know, when it finally happens. And because it took us much longer, um, it was a quite a surprise, you know, when I finally became a mom, some things I had to relearn some, a lot of things I learned for the first time, but um, I've always been like a nurturer when it came to younger children. So that part was natural. I think because I was older getting started than my, my peer group, I found that I had to find individuals that were in the same season of life that I was in. So I think that was one of the biggest adjustments for me. I was, I never felt inconvenienced. Um, even now when she wants to go, I'll take my daughter wherever she wants to go with me. Like it's never, it was never like <clears throat> a weight, you know, having an infant or having a toddler. It was just like, you know, part of what you do as a mom. And, and I enjoyed it. I, I can honestly say like, there wasn't an age or a stage when our daughter was growing up where I just kept saying, I just can't wait till you get past this phase. Because I I also heard from a lot of my friends who had older children, enjoy every phase. You know, um, the time goes quickly and don't take advantage of those moments. And so for me, that really is like what I did. Uh, Whether it was the earlier stages when she was an infant, sleep deprivation was really tough because, you know, I was working when she was three months and went back to work. But outside of that, whether it was infancy, um, being a, a, a young toddler, being an older toddler, I just, uh, I chose to accept the challenges because there were challenges. It wasn't easy at all. Um, but I chose to accept the challenges because motherhood was something that I desired and that I wanted um, to be able to experience. So, so it was good. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know you, uh, (laughs) you helped a lot um, with educating when when I was kind of trying to figure out as far as like the breastfeeding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Your story is interesting, not interesting, but I feel like other moms can learn from your story. Um, So Mm -hmm. my question to you is, um, how was the breastfeeding journey for you? Because I know you were a uh, breastfeeding mom. Yeah, that was really something that I, I fixed my heart to do long before I became a mom. Um, I can say that I had an example of that. My mother, she breastfed my younger brother. And um, that was just, it was normal. It was natural for me to know that this is something that moms do for their babies. It doesn't make anyone less if you don't. Like I got that same message too. But because I experienced that being a part of his growing up years, we're almost 10 years apart, um, it was something that I looked forward to being able to do. So when the time came, 
I found that just like I mentioned earlier, how I had to connect with other people, other friends who may have had children around the same age as Gabriella, and there weren't many. Mm -hmm. I had to connect with people who I knew also supported breastfeeding because it wasn't popular all at that time. It wasn't as popular. Um, and by doing that, I got mm -hmm. tips. Mm -hmm. I got strategy. I learned position. Mm -hmm. um, when it became painful, like in those very early weeks, when you're first coming home from the hospital, those first days, those first couple of weeks, it's a very painful experience. You know, there's nothing cute, pretty, or, you know, exciting about it. I was able to work through that because I had my support system. I even found on Facebook, there was a closed group for breastfeeding moms. That helped me because, you know, with an infant, you're up all times of the night. But you could have like a whole conversation with somebody at 3 a.m. just about <laughs> how do I go from the left to the right side? And that helped me to understand like how to work through that. It was an amazing time of bonding too. Because I was an older parent, again, I, I think I really enjoyed any time that I had, you know, with my little one. So, um, so it just helped. Like that part for me kind of helped the bonding. Mm -hmm. And um, I think physically for her, and I don't know any other way because I never had any other children, you know, to compare it to but she wasn't a sickly baby. Now, I don't know, a lot of people say that that can happen if you breastfeed, I don't know, to be completely honest, it could have just been a coincidence. But I can say for a fact that she was a very yeah. healthy baby. The ear infections, you know, some of the things that a lot of babies get sometimes, she just didn't have a lot of those and it just didn't happen often. So challenging, rewarding, um, had you crying a lot of nights because it wasn't very easy. It wasn't easy in the beginning for me for the first three weeks. I had to breastfeed and supplement because she wasn't latching long enough to get, you know, all of the nourishment that she needed. And I didn't feel excited about that. I felt kind of sad that I, you know, you feel like you're not doing enough for your baby, but I was patient. Like my friend who is still my very close friend now taught me how to be patient with my body as I was learning this new thing. So um, outside of that, once we kind of got the hang of it past that first month, I knew how to do it now, you know, and we breastfed exclusively until she was um, one. As a matter of fact, she weaned herself. So, um, so yeah, it was fun. So I have two questions. Uh, well, I have one question mm -hmm. for both Miss Dory and um, I know um, we'll start with you, Miss Dory. What were some of the hardships that you faced through motherhood? Hardships? Yes. Let's see. Well, I got pregnant young. I was 17 years old. So the hardship for me was I dropped out of school. I didn't complete school, um, so I can, I got a job so I can take care, you know what I mean, of my child. I was in a relationship. I met my kid's dad in school, in high school. We didn't know nothing, thought we was doing mm -hmm. something. Um, my child wasn't playing. You know, we had this conversation before, neither was my second child. Um, I say, oopses, oops, you missed your menstrual, you're pregnant. Okay, here we go. Um, so I would say the hardship was, you know, just going into motherhood with the mindset of some anxiety. You know, I had to support 
of, of my mom and my um and the other grandmother that was good but you know what i mean i would say the hardship was just feeling it out day by day just doing mm-hmm. what you need to do to take care of your child take care of you mm-hmm. then being in a relationship with the kids dad and he knew too we ain't know nothing mm-hmm. we brand new we you know what mm-hmm. i mean just trying to make it do what it do as you know what i mean as we go along so that that was one of the hardships um i would say another hardship was then two years later i got pregnant again with my second child and the hardship with that was i was going to put my second child up for adoption because i was mm-hmm. like okay now listen he ain't doing right. I'm trying to make this thing work. I think the best thing will be to put my child up for adoption. And when you go to put your child mm-hmm. up for adoption, you know, you sign these papers. I went through um, Catholic Social Services. And they wasn't supposed to bring Derek to me. But, you know, after you had your baby, you had your baby, and then they put the baby up on your chest. Well, they did that. Well, after they did that, mm. that's the done deal. I'm like, oh, ain't nobody going to take my baby. I want my baby. No, nah, I don't want to. Nah, I ain't going through with it. I ain't going through it. I got I got to do what I got to do. So mm-hmm. um, that that was, yeah, that was what that, I would say that was two of the, the biggest hardships um, uh, that I faced in motherhood. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the early, those are the real, real early stages. Real early stages. Mm-hmm. So, okay, to answer the same question? Yes. Yeah. I It's so funny you asking me this question because I just had a conversation with somebody earlier today talking about the toughest time around becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was that first year, the, the relational changes between my husband and I. Mm-hmm. Like, I noticed in that year, well, you know it's going to be different, but you really don't know how it's going to be different. Um, because you're giving now all of this energy, all of this attention to this person that really has to have it, like they need it. And I just felt like I didn't do that balance very well, where Mm -hmm. she was the one thing, and I always say to myself anyway, it's how I feel, that I felt like I did well that first year, because I knew I didn't have any other options. She didn't have any other options. I had to give you 200% of me. And so that's where all of my energies went, which meant that I wasn't exactly nurturing my relationship with my husband as well as I could have during that time. But I didn't really know back then how to, um, how to say that I needed help in that way, because I just, when you say your mind is all in, in one area, you don't even realize until you're coming through the fog that you were in the fog. So, um, yeah, so I think that that Mm -hmm. was one of the the biggest things for me about becoming a mother was um, being imbalanced in that area and and not recognizing the imbalance enough. I mean, you know, it's something different. I'm not going to say like I just had no clue, but I didn't recognize it enough to recognize that I needed to do more to bring balance, like ask for help or, you know, seek a marital counseling you know that that's not a bad thing it's there for a reason um so i I praise god yeah i praise god for grace and for how he kept us um but a lot of people and i learned this after this time and kind of toward the end of it a lot of couples went through that but people weren't talking about it i don't mind talking about it (laughs) because for the next person i want to let them know that baby's going to be sweet they're going to smell good they're going to look beautiful but your relationship was going to be tried and you have to be prepared going in 
mm-hmm. to fortify that because if not, your relationship will not make it. Or if it makes it, you want to be barely holding on. And people don't want to really say that part. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, for both of y'all, what's the best thing about being a mom? I'll let you go, Miss Dory. <laughs> let me tell you something. Best thing about being a mom right now, my kids can give me some money. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. Listen, my son texted me the other day. It was like, Mom, you know what I mean? Check your cash app. And listen, y'all, it's, it's, it's not the best thing. Let me tell you something. When your kids want to give back, when your kids know that, you know what I mean, you would give them their last so they can be good. So now your kids want to make sure that you're good. You know what I mean? That's, that, mm-hmm. that, that's an awesome feeling to feel like that, to know that your kids are thinking, that, think that, that, that they're now thinking about you to make sure that yeah. you're good. But I, I think last time when we talked to you, and I think the awesome thing about being a mom is, you know, sometimes when you're teaching your kids and you're teaching them the right way to go, sometimes it, it seems like they aren't getting it. But then when they get to that age mm-hmm. and then they can come back to you and they repeat and they see the lesson. They see what it is mm-hmm. that you were trying to teach them. And now they come back and they say, mom, now I'm doing X, Y, and Z. That is, mm-hmm. That's the best for me that they know that mm-hmm. I was only leading them in the right way. Like when I had to get on them, you know what I mean? And tell them X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? And be stern with them and say some mm-hmm. words that may not be biblical. I'm just saying, you know what no. I mean? I got two, I got two sons. You know what I mean? We can't play, we can't sugarcoat anything. You know what I mean? You have to tell them what it's sitting for. But for them to come back now and say, you know what, mom, I got you. I get it. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the best parts that you see that your kids are maturing and they're learning mm-hmm. their lessons because I think that's all what parents want to get. That's what you want to see as your kids get older that they get the lesson. You know what I mean? Right. They, they get that they learn how to walk with the Lord, that they learn how to pray, that mm-hmm. they learn how to walk in faith and believe the Lord. Basically, listen, that's all we want. I want my kids mm-hmm. to walk with the Lord because if they walk with mm-hmm. the Lord, I know that they're good. Everything else gonna everything else gonna work out. Walk with the Lord. So I would say that was the biggest, that would be the biggest thing for me. The best, I should say, the best part. That's awesome. <laughs> Not gonna understand how that would be the best part. Um, I would say honestly, yeah. right now, because again, I love that we're at different ends of the spectrum. So I'm like, you know, that first yeah. in that first 10 right. years. So I think mm-hmm. for me right now is seeing her confidence, seeing our daughter's confidence start to um to spring forward. Like, you know, it's in there as a parent, but sometimes, you know, it takes a situation or circumstances to bring the things that are in us out of us. And honestly, where a lot of people have been going through a lot with this pandemic, it has helped her to grow in that area, to be Mm -hmm. confident in herself in school, to Mm -hmm. be confident in herself as a thinker, um, to see how she has abilities that you didn't really consider as much because you had a different, you know, your timing was different. You didn't have the kind of time you have now to create more. Um, We, she's not in a a brick and mortar school right now. We opted to remove her for just this year and she's at a virtual charter school. And that is allowing her to show leadership that we, we knew was in her, but it's surprising her. Like she's helping other kids. Um, She's rising to the top in her class and 
you know, when you have a child that can kind of be like a flower, just yeah. off in the background, yeah. kind of just, you know, looking around, everything in me is like, no, go, get up there, you got it, you can do it, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you let them go ahead, but, yeah. you know, they'll stay there if you let them, but yeah. with her being in this virtual setting, it's causing her to come out because teachers are looking for kids that can be a leader and that can help out and right. to be identified is that to be identified in that way is mm-hmm. helpful it's encouraging to them right so that has helped and um I, I shared this on one of our church zooms about three weeks ago she's been listening to kids church on a sunday for like an hour from 10 to 11 so the local a local church in philadelphia that hosts it i just decided one Saturday, I said, I want to sit in with you and just to kind of like check out what you guys are getting on Sundays. And when I tell you I was so blessed, the moderator asked her, would you be willing to, to be our, our, our guest host next Sunday? And when I, we talked later that day for the first time, the moderator and I, and she said, mom, I just have to tell you, she is the most engaging person in the chat. Well, like my heart dropped and then it, and then it just took a leap. I was excited because, again, this is this little shy flower that normally doesn't want to come out into the forefront, but she engages in the lessons. And, you know, you hear, oh, thank you, Lord. What a blessing. And those Mm. things. So for me, it's just seeing her grow, seeing her develop and seeing um, her move forward in the area of confidence. That's where our girls get fought a lot at all ages. You know it. You know what? You know what? Say, mm-hmm. can can I go get something to speak on what you just said right now? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me go get this. Let me get it. Okay. Yeah. Tiana, can I do something real quick? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All can right. y'all read that? The best accessory a girl. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yes. That's Listen, that's so true. You doing that thing right now? Listen. <laughs> Listen, listen, so true. I had a photo shoot today and that was the last picture that I held up like this. I was like, ching, ching, ching. Mm. Listen, mm-hmm. we got to instill that in our children, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Very early. Because you are, you are God's child and he has gifted you. You are mm-hmm. a masterpiece, a special treasure. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. Shout out to you, Rondell. That's <laughs> right. I know that's right. Well, thank you. That's right. That's right. You do because because you're doing Thanks. something good. It speaks to yeah. your training. Raise up a child yeah. in the way that you go. When they get old, they won't depart. It speaks to that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing right. wrong with saying you should feel good about yes. that. You should. That's Very a happy. good thing. Praise the Lord. Because you know, as parents, <laughs> we mess up sometimes. <laughs> you know, we a don't lot. always hit the mark. Right? Mm-hmm. But glory be to God. You got it over yes. here, baby. God. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's right. You got it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes. And it let does, me know when she has something so we can come over there and be in the Aww. background like, go, oh, baby, go. <laughs> yeah. I sure will. Well, well, you know, we're all women and we're at different ages, you know, and stages in our lives, but the That's world right. is up on girls. Yeah. And, Girl. if, and if we don't, if they don't step out the house with it, then you are a sheep for the slaughter. That's right. People can smell, they can smell intimidation. They can smell the lack of confidence. They can smell yes. weakness. They can smell it a mile away. And That's right. you'll get eaten up in this world. So yeah, we do have to, it's not easy. And I've I had to pray many times, like, Laura, how do you teach confidence? Yeah. Like I can teach you so many things, but confidence is here. Yeah. You know, so sometimes the Lord does have to upset things around us 
to kind That's of make right. us find out what's inside of us that was really yeah. already there. But the circumstances really make it possible for now me to have to step forward now in this area. And that's all that happened. It's, it was a circumstance plus what God had already done that helps things to kind of come to the forefront, like what Tiana is doing here. So there you go. Bingo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have a few minutes left. So I wanted to get to um, just to let these last questions. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that you have a business and many organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you can, um, that you have, and you had currently have so organizations that you've mm-hmm. had and currently have. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I yes. In my early twenties, I started a mentoring program, and that launched one that I actually founded, which was Daughters of Hope. And uh, Daughters of Hope was just a mentoring program where I worked with middle school and high school young ladies in the Delaware County area. It started in the Willingboro area, South Jersey. And just spending time with them, you know, wanting to talk girl stuff, but from a healthy Christian perspective, we learned about etiquette. We learned about um, an etiquette being like how to carry yourself, how to dress appropriately, um, hair care, how to maintain clean, healthy hair. I remember being in high school and a teacher saying, what is this stuff we talk about good hair? I attended Mural Dobbins Votech right in the heart of North Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Love that teacher and love that school. And um, when she said that, I never forgot that. I, I was only in ninth grade, I think, ninth or tenth grade. And she said, good hair is well-kept hair. I never forgot that. And, um, you know, because in our culture, you know, we're looking at how silky it is, how soft it is, how straight it is, how long or short it is. So when I started working with these girls, as I do now my daughter, I wanted us to learn how to appreciate ourselves, like whatever we had, whatever God gave us to learn how to work with that. Um, and then when that moved into me actually running the organization in, in Upper Darby, it became more of a time of educational training. So for, for Daughters of Hope, we just brought in speakers that had an area of expertise that I didn't, where we worked together as a team and we um, just gave them different skills, taking care of yourself, career building. I remember we talked about... Um, your body, like the importance of sleep. So we do like a whole workshop around sleep. So just try to give them some nuggets. Um, As a for-profit business, I recently, in the last several years, worked with two areas. One had to do with my formal training from Villanova, which is um, working in the area of leadership training and development. So that, along with uh, another two other people, two other partners, that consulting business is just designed to work with and for leaders. So whether you're a church leader, um, a corporation leader, a Boy Scout leader, a leader in any capacity, a young adult leader, we like to equip people with the tools to be able to, to compete, not just on a local level, but to even compete globally. So trying to offer these skills, soft skills, um, that to, to kind of help you to have an edge when you're in the the community or an edge when you're in the boardroom, it doesn't really matter, but just mm-hmm. building leaders. And then um, the passion project I actually mentioned it a little bit earlier is rest and refine. So that's R and R and R and R is a online. It's totally e-commerce. So I don't want a storefront. <laughs> but, um, it's an online company that sells anything and everything leisure. The idea behind R and R is offering women and even men, you can do it for your wives, 
a place where you can shop for what helps you to rest and to feel refined. So whether that's things for your home, candles, pillows, you know, if you want to have something for to create an ambiance of a, a place of worship or just a place to unwind, we offer that. It could be clothing, comfortable clothing. I mean, my girl is nine years old, but I still have love handles that just wanted to hang around. So I need comfortable clothing for those spaces. Um, So just the things that we need to unwind. You know, I've always been a giver and wanting to see people just like with your gifts, like kind of wanting them to see the thoughtfulness behind it. So the things that I like to offer my customers are things that help you to feel that someone's put some thought into what they sell. Mm. So, um, and we also partner with a Christian life coach as well as a Christian family and marriage therapist. So we like to take care of the mind, the body, and the soul through all of the items that are offered. And the website, can I share the website, Diana? Yes. Mm-hmm. The website for R&R is um, restandrefine.com. So if someone just goes to restandrefine, R-E-F-I-N-E.com, you'll get a chance to just see some of the items that we have there. But um, those are those are the two main areas that I'm working with right now, the consulting business and then uh, rest and refine. We just call it R&R. And one last question. Um, I think we have a few, like maybe two minutes. Um, what inspired, okay, so we'll do this one. Um, what, what is your advice to moms out there that want to start a business but don't know how to? One of the first things I say is find a group that's already doing it. There's a wealth of knowledge in a lot of these groups that are coming together. Um, Mm -hmm. I am connected to a group on Facebook. I think it's women entrepreneurs, but um, Mm -hmm. you do have to be accepted into the group, but like just connect with people that are doing it Mm -hmm. so that you can do it the right way. You want to do it in a spirit of excellence, not just everybody has a business now. But um, the benefit of doing it that way is that different people can help you at different stages of bringing, of developing your concept and helping you to get from concept to execution. And there are a lot of steps to get that done to make sure that you cover all of your legal grounds as well as not leaving out your creativity. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ronnell, for being a part of our podcast today. It's my pleasure (laughs) to have you on here. Um, Ms. Dory, do you think you can close this out in a word of prayer? Sure. Let's go to the Lord. All right. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of coming together. I know, dear Lord, that I was blessed. So I know if thank I you, was God. blessed. I know, dear Lord, that the viewers and those that were listening were blessed. We pray like we prayed in the beginning that you would cause them to have a heart that is receptive, that they will be blessed yes. by the word that came forward. Oh, God, we pray that somebody was empowered on today. Somebody was encouraged on today. Somebody was inspired today. But most of all, we pray that they will receive your love. We pray that they will hold on to hope. We pray for those that are in any type of situation in their life, whether it be spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. 
We're asking, dear Lord, from our heart to yours, that you will get in the midst of their very situation. Rise up and show yourself strong. Rise yes, up, dear Lord, and put every enemy on the run and cause them to be scattered in the name of Jesus. We pray, dear Lord, Thank that you, someone Jesus. will have, dear Lord, that they will thirst and hunger for righteousness so that they can be filled, dear Lord, by you. You know just how to meet every viewer. You know just yes, how God. to meet every listener. Oh, God, we're not telling you to do A, B, C, D, however, whatever kind of way, dear Lord, you want to do it. We pray that the gifts that were used on today, dear Lord, have magnified you, have glorified you. We pray that the words of wisdom that has been spoken as we have shared from our heart, dear Lord, that it will bring you glory is our prayer in the name of Jesus. We, pray, we thank, thank you for you, our, our guest on tonight. Ronnell came on tonight. We thank you, dear Lord, that you gave her a heart that want to be a part of this. So we pray, dear Lord, that as thank she has God. poured out on tonight, we pray, dear Lord, that you will fill her up. And we pray that what she gave on tonight, that you will multiply back to her, her sharing of, of raising her child. And we thank you, dear Lord, that she is a child of God that raises her daughter in the way that she should go. So we thank, thank you, dear you, Lord, Lord, that she is that she's experiencing the, the, the gifts that are in her children as they at, at um, the gifts that are unfolding in her daughter. And she gets to experience that. And it caused her to leap for joy in her heart. Yes, we say thank yes, you for thank that, you dear God. Lord, on yes, tonight in the God. name of Jesus. So keep your hand upon Ronnell. Keep your hand, dear Lord, upon her daughter. Keep your hand, dear Lord, upon her marriage. She even she, she even yes, shared a marriage tips that nobody else would seem like they would want to share. But you gave her the heart to be transparent and share. We thank you yes, for that on God. tonight. We thank you for the founder of it all, Tayana. Yes, thank you, dear yes, Lord, for what you, you are doing in our life. Thank you, dear what all that she has going on, she still has thank a heart God. for another. She wants to reach single moms and not just single moms, Anybody that's tuning on that want to listen. So we pray that you will continue to keep your hand upon Tayana because eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man what it is that you want to do in her life, but you reveal it by her spirit, you, by your spirit. So we pray that you will continue to speak to Tayana because you said in your last days, you're going to